uka chaka uka 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 chaka uka 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 chaka uka 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 chaka uka 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 I can't stop this feeling uka uka deep inside of me chaka uka 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 you just don't realize uka 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 chaka uka 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 chaka when you hold me in your arms so tight you let me know everything's alright You know, I'd love to see at some point or read how somebody was sitting around in the music studio at some point. <laughs> you know, we got this song. It's just missing something. Right. It just needs something here. Need I got an idea. How about we all go ooga chaka <laughs> over and over, <laughs> over and over, and over, over right. again? <laughs> yeah, let's try that. Yeah, good idea, Dale. Let's do it. <laughs> Maybe we'll start every show like that. You and I, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson and Mike Persuda. Mike and I freshly back from uh, practice today at the Steelers, at one well, Heinz Field, actually. I was going to say the Steelers facility, but no, Heinz nope, Field. Nope, not this year. Uh, as the uh, Steelers opened up their uh, training camp, officially, I th- I'm counting this as the official opening of training that camp. It was more like mini camp before. Yeah. Huh? How about you, Mike? How about me? I'm hooked on a feeling, baby. <laughs> had a good time today. That was a great choice to uh, open the show. And I'm not going to bury the lead. Uh, that, you know, there's a lot we can't tell you. Right. Because of the way things are being done this year. And if you're used to uh, checking out practice reports and finding out uh, how the reps were split at right tackle and how the reps were split at nose and how the rookies were used and how much first team time they got, we can't give you that stuff because it's not allowed anymore because practice is not open to the public at St. Vincent. It is closed at Heinz Field. But I have my pool report, Dale, Matt, first one. I wrote part of that pool report. (laughs) It includes this, and I just want to let this hang out there for a while because Steeler Nation, in case you were wondering what happened today, among the developments, and I'm quoting the pool report, Chase Claypool, who has talked about being a red zone target for Roethlisberger, made a leaping catch in the corner of the end zone on a ball from the starting QB. Yes. How about that? And, and yes, and yes, he did. Yeah. Um, and the Steelers and, put and out a video as well. everything that was talked yeah. when they dra- – oh, there's a video of that. There's Well, not that particular play. It was, it was during the uh, the actual – when they were just uh, practicing, you know, some fade patterns down at the in the back of the end zone, and he made a leaping catch from Roethlisberger. And I, I referenced that – in my my practice, my official practice report for DKPittsburghSports.com, and I said, but this was not the play that I'm referencing here. Okay. This was a different play where he actually went up and took the ball essentially from in front of the defensive back who had good coverage, and he just came came okay. over the top and ripped it away. Are we allowed to say who that guy is or no? I don't think we are. I'm very confused of what to ask you guys. I'm not put you on the <laughs> okay, spot. I'm like, I'm being quiet on purpose because I'm like, well, we might have to see kill if you. I can say this. Yeah. It, it was not Joe Bag of Donuts. It was not. Okay. It, and if you're wondering what the play looked like, I can't tell you what the play looked like, but I can remind you about everything we said about Chase Claypool, or at least I said, and a lot of people said, when he was drafted in terms of how six foot four and whatever, and 230 and whatever, and how fast this guy is, how that translates. Uh, potentially uh, into uh, an NFL offense, such as the Steelers. And, oh, I don't know, maybe go back and look at some Notre Dame tape. That stuff's readily available. But uh, I I just want to read that again, guys. It's off the official pool report. Chase Claypool, who has talked 
about being a red zone target for Roethlisberger made a leaping catch in the corner of the end zone on a ball from the starting QB. Yes, he did. Mike, real quick, tell our audience what a pool report is. That's where you get a couple, three guys. Uh, Dale, you said you were part of it. And, it was basically they, everybody that was in Tier 2 today. They they got us together. There, I think there were five or six of us there. Okay. And we had to come up with a pool report, which is what we'll do every day for the, the Tier 2 people. This is what they're tasked with doing is coming up with the pool report and basically uh, essentially a bunch of bullets ah. from from uh, today's practice. But there, we have very specific things that we're not allowed to report. I just put some stuff in there. And I figured, you know what? If the Steelers don't want this reported, then they can scrub it out. I'm saying they just scratched it out if they don't like it at that yeah. point. Okay. Okay. This now I understand. Not get scrubbed. You could have had one bullet today, guys. Chase Claypool, who has talked about being a red zone target for <laughs> Roethlisberger, <laughs> made a leaping catch in the corner of the end zone on a ball from the starting. I, I take it you feet. like that. Well, you know, it did happen right bad. in front of you. It did. Because you were over and on that side. It has fascinated me. Since the draft, you know, everybody does their their kind of pre-draft speculation. Okay, they need this and that, and here's a couple, three guys that might be available, and what position do you take, and which player do you take? And it's probably, in retrospect, a lot because J.K. Dobbins went to the Ravens that uh, honked off the rather vocal percentage of Steeler Nation. Dale, you deal with the public. Anybody tell you, why the hell did they pass on the running back? Oh, once or a thousand times, yeah. Just a million times, Yeah. yeah. And, not, you know, Dobbins have a fine career. Baltimore probably knows what it's doing, and I bet he helps them. But I bet Chase Claypool helps the Steelers. Yeah, oh, definitely. And we talked about this last week when I said, you know, when it came time for the Steelers to make that pick, uh, if I'm looking at those two guys, I'm thinking, okay, if we take this guy, maybe Baltimore takes the other guy. Which one don't we want to play against? Yeah, I could, I could, see, could see Claypool being a target for those. You know, speed blocking it's exactly what they want there they yeah took big receiver right yeah, with you know again i i just think he's a uh, special talent um again most drafts he's not available no. in the second round that just doesn't happen uh because there was there was production there as well i mean it's, he had a thousand yard season last year at notre dame um dk metcalf didn't have that at, at uh you know mississippi in any time in his career uh so he had the the uh, the production he had the measurables um you know, it, it, it looks like it very well could be a good pick because he did what today, Mike? If you're just joining us, this from the pool report from practice today, the first day of pads in training camp. Chase Claypool, who has talked about being a resident for Roethlisberger, made a leaping catch in the corner of the end zone on a ball from the starting QB. That's the show. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow when we tell you what Chase Claypool does for an aqua. No, nah, it's just. I don't know. I'm I'm a little wound up today. I got out of the house. I took a shower. I shaved. Wow. I put on not only a clean shirt but a pair of pants. Wow. And I I left my residence and went to Heinz Field. It was just a practice, and it was just the first day in pads. And I I can't do the stuff I usually do. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm usually the guy that's running up and down the field with the ball and the two minute drill, and I'm keeping all the stats. Roethlisberger was five of six for 80 yards, and this guy caught this, and that guy dropped that, and everything. You know, no detail too small at St. Vincent for these practices, and all of a sudden, that the, the vast majority of that stuff's out the window. But this pool report, I don't know, maybe frame it and send it to Canton because <laughs> Chase Claypool, who has talked about being a red zone target for Roethlisberger, made a leaping catch in the corner of the end zone on a ball from the starting QB. A couple of uh, other things that were in that pool report, uh, Mike. Uh, Marquise Pouncey 
Uh, not there today. He was uh, excused for personal reasons. Uh, players that did not practice, uh, David DeCastro, uh, James Washington, Chris Wormley, uh, were also given, and I don't know that we actually needed all this in the pool. I did not add this to the pool report, but David DeCastro was in black shorts, shirt, socks, and hat, walked with his position group. Uh, James Washington <laughs> did no individuals, on. ran the perimeter of the field multiple times, which he did. Okay. Uh, and then Chris Wormley did some individuals, then stood on the side. Uh, we did not get the fashion statement for those two guys. Okay. You don't know what exactly his wardrobe was at the time. No. Yeah, DeCastro looked sharp. I, I'm glad they detailed that because he, uh, <laughs> he was the it's man a, in black. visual. Yeah. So am I allowed to ask – are those guys nursing injuries? Oh, you can ask. Yeah, I mean, yeah. are you guys going to yeah, play the fifth on that? You can ask whatever you want. <laughs> we were told that they were nursing minor injuries and that they will be okay. uh, back out soon, sooner rather than later. Okay. I, I honestly think with, with when Marquise Pouncey, uh, and a lot of times we saw this, have seen this in the past, um, when they put the pads on. Mike Tomlin will give some of those veteran linemen the day off. Right. Pouncey's um, a usual suspect. Pouncey's right? a usual one. Wouldn't it surprise me if DeCastro was kind of in that same boat today, like, hey, Pouncey's not practicing. Why don't you take the day off as well? Okay. We'll get you back out there tomorrow. You don't need to beat yourself up. That's not early. uncommon at all for yeah. those guys, right? Uh, but Washington and Wormley, I think, were more something. Okay. There was something there. Uh, but Washington was running uh, around the field, as the practice report Multiple noted. Times. Right, right. Multiple times. Multiple so, times. So, he was not only able to run, but did not tire himself. And carried a one. football while he did so. I don't think yeah. I'm breaking any rules by saying he carried a football as he ran around hmm. the field. Okay. Did he? You know, I'd, I'd love to tell you who. I'd love to tell you who played center and and who played guard, but uh, can't do that. Could tell you that, but then I'd have to kill you. Hmm. Yeah. I'm interested. I'd like to know who played but... right tackle, who was at nose tackle, all that stuff. Okay. It's all in. It's all in the crane. We, we we've got the information. We just cannot disseminate that. It's just. Okay. <laughs> and that's really the most important part. Well, that is the important part of having the information is the dissemination. <laughs> that is the important part, right? Okay, well, highly classified stuff. Dale, am I making too big a deal of this? Or is no, that, it was a great if, catch. I mean, I, I, honestly, if you were a Joe Blow Steeler fan and they let you go sit in the uh, club seats on the fifty-yard line and watch all the transpired today, would that have been first on your list? It would considering been considering that Roethlisberger through the pass. Yeah, I mean, I think it was noteworthy that, that he was out there, first of all, with that group um, in the drill that it happened in uh, to start practice, which may or may not been the ones. It's typically... It was a great group and a phenomenal drill. Yeah. <laughs> One that they start every practice with, so if you, you know, you know... Uh, if you, You've been around the block. If you, if you, if you pay can... attention, they always start uh, practice with the same drill um, they have for several years now. And it was noteworthy that he was out there with that group. Mm -hmm. um, now, James Washington wasn't practicing, so that may have played a part in it. Uh, but he took advantage well of the soon, opportunity. Get well soon, James. Yeah, he, he took advantage of the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and, and get well soon, James. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's noteworthy any camp. I mean, your quarterback who missed all last year comes out and does something well, apparently, or theoretically, to your first overall pick. <laughs> Yeah, well, at least you know, one pass. It's in the report. It's in the report. So those are two he of the guys that most eyes would have been on. Touchdown. If eyes were allowed, you know. Uh, yes, uh, the re practice report also said the quarterback returning from elbow surgery did not visibly show any effects of the procedure, though he and the receivers continue to work on timing. Well, that's good. That's good. That's I don't good. know if you noticed I this, Mike. That's, got, that's an assumption, Dale. That is an assumption. Right. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. One opinion. of the we things. We don't know what they worked on. One of the things that I added to the practice report was a little observation that I made. 
was that if you remember the last few years, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's had that uh, the big ball. The, the basically it's a, a rugby ball that he throws. He was he throwing with. He before practice. With. Yeah, he warms yeah. up with that. That's no longer in the equation. Hmm. He was just throwing a football this year. Okay. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what got his elbow a little wonky. Who knows? I, I mean, know. it's a big, heavy football. <laughs> yeah, it's like a rugby ball. Yeah, you thing. don't. Yeah. I, I would assume that maybe the doctor said, "Hey, uh, don't don't throw that thing." That's anymore. not a good idea. That's not a good idea. That's like warming up with a heavy bat or two yeah. bats, type of deal. Or, you know, heavier baseball than what you typically throw. That kind of stuff. But uh, just so I'm clear here, <laughs> I know I'm allowed to ask any anything. Yes. But if I were to ask you guys, "Hey, did Chase Claypool look good today?" Are you allowed we to have an say opinion? That, yes, we are allowed to have an opinion about said such things. Okay, um, yeah. but we can't Doesn't necessarily tell lot. you why. I, well, I we don't have need to know the opinions. why. Okay, yeah. but what if I asked, "Hey, did anyone look good today, Dale?" Could you be like these three people? Uh, according to the practice report, some standout plays include Vance McDonald yeah. pulling down a contested <laughs> deep ball along the sidelines, oh, away from safety Terrell Edmonds on a pass from Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, See, part Chase of the problem here, Matt, talked is, about being a red zone target. Yeah. <laughs> not not everybody is is allowed to go because they're keeping the numbers down. Right. So e- even even when you're in the blackout period, the the part that is streaming live on Steelers.com, you can say whatever you want, but there's not a whole lot going on then. Right. Uh, even if you're there, you can't necessarily make your own observation that isn't on the practice report because not everyone is uh, being granted access to practice. Okay. Correct. But if I asked you who looked good today, could you tell me? I can I tell you the area. TJ Watt made really- closing tackles in quick succession in one of the one live eleven on eleven period to loud That's a great show, shouts by the of his way. name. Best show. Back to back tackles in great succession. succession. Is a really good show. It is a really good show. Yeah, it's my favorite on TV as we speak. Okay. Well- Wow, that's high praise. As you, I think you tweeted that out over the weekend. I actually did. There was a marathon going on, and I straight out all my huh? NFL tweets. And so you, you, watch, heard, uh, you heard a certain word that we can't say on this show Right, I got quite a chuckle a bit. out of that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Do you watch Yellowstone? No, but it's on the list. It's very good. I've heard. It's very good. Now, I'm, I'm a big Kevin Costner fan, so a little biased, but to I Dunko. think it's a very good show. Yeah. Okay. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um Mike Tomlin was also, as it notes in the practice report, and I was I was watching this, uh, keeping a very close eye on the tight ends as they hit the blocking sled today, and uh, giving some guys some of the business there. Um, he also gave some guys some props when they uh, hit the blocking sled. Well, I think that's one thing that they want. You know, they want somebody to emerge sure. there as that that blocker. Um, I don't think I'm giving away any real secrets here. When when uh, tight ends hit blocking sleds, I mean, I yeah, he's that's... he's now calling. Uh, Zach Gentry, Big Blue. Hmm. Okay. Oh, he's, he's been doing that. Yeah, he, but he, he he used to do that in particular when he would notice me walking near the vicinity <laughs> of the drill. He'd give, he'd give Big Blue a shout out. But I, I was curious, Dale. I, now the practice report, the pool report, as detailed as it got regarding David DeCastro and his attire, did it mention anything <laughs> specifically, such as Tomlin going up to Eric Ebron and saying, "Eric, this is a blocking sled." Don't know if you don't know if you're familiar with this or not, but here's what I want you to do. <laughs> it did any of that. Either. It did I not. No, uh, but that was. One so of the... are we are we to assume that Eric Ebron knows the purpose of blocking drills and blocking sleds? I, I believe that he does. Um, or is he learning? I believe he's also learning how okay. the Steelers want him to use the blocking sled. 
do you suspect that's different than how he's used it the first seven years of his career? I suspect that it very well may be because he was not doing it to their to their uh, specifications, shall we say, early on. Uh, but I thought on his last rep before he he left, he did finally get it the way did it the way that they wanted it to be done. I mean, just watch it. He was he was emotional out there, and I think I can say that because he he was emotional the whole time. But he he was flying around. He, yeah. Uh, he looked like he he really liked where he was uh, this afternoon at Heinz Field. Yeah, certainly did, and and I I, I did note. Uh, I mean, size wise, there's not a lot of difference between him and Chase Claypool. Oh, I bet, I bet. I mean, he's a little wider than Claypool, but man, they're, they're like identical in size. They, Chase is probably they, taller. Right? They've added two big targets to that mm-hmm. in that offense. Both can run. Yeah, and they both can run. Yeah. Uh, we. Well, I can't really say what we saw Ebron do because it's not in the practice report. But there mm-hmm. were there were a couple plays that, that he made that I've seen like, him run okay. before, though. Yeah, he, he runs. He runs. <laughs> he has run. We're going to take a break. I'm confused. We're going to run I'm out of my element. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about this off the air. Uh, but he is Matt Williamson. You're listening uh, to, uh, of course, uh, Mike Pursuta as well. And I'm Dale Lolly. This is the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back right after this. And we're back. That's a little mellow, but that is one of the greatest songs of all time. Uh, I am Dale Lolly here with <laughs> I get a little <laughs> chuckle from Mike. Uh, with Mike Persuda and Matt Williamson. This is the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That of course the band. Yeah, good. The tune. aptly named the band. <laughs> the band playing the song, <laughs> the song, right? <laughs> the wait, at the concert, <laughs> recording it for a record, so it could make the money. <laughs> uh, like the speaking the of making the money, Mike, uh, we heard from Cam Hayward earlier today, and uh, yeah, we did. He has not heard much uh, from uh, from the Steelers on his contract talks, and uh, I think he's getting a little anxious at this point. Uh, it's the impression I got, Dale. I called that, uh, or I'm referencing that in my head as the yeah, but interview because yeah. Cam Hayward <laughs> acknowledged that, yeah, this is an un- uncommon time and it's unprecedented, but, and yeah, yeah, a lot of things have gotten uh, pushed back because of the virus, but, and a couple things that he said, and hey, let me say this before we get too far into this. I think Cam Hayward deserves what he's, I, I don't know what his exact ask is but i think he deserves a contract extension he deserves to be treated like an elite player in franchise history guy needs guy deserves to get paid i think um he he had a couple lines in there uh today discussing various topics uh the the two that got my attention were 
you got to take two to tango. And he also said, I know NFL business is moving forward. And that last part was in relation to, uh, boy, everybody's had a lot to deal with besides, you know, who they're going to extend and who they are not going to extend. But uh, Cam did not shy from that. He uh, stopped far short, I thought, of drawing a line in the sand and making a demand. But I think he got his point across that he would like to see this thing get resolved sooner rather than later. I don't think he wants to be on the plane to New York signing the contract, Dale. No, I don't think so either. And he has seen that done before. Um, you know, I, I think what kind of drives that home with him, and it was kind of it happened over the weekend when you see Kenny Clark, a nose yeah, tackle, that, right. signed to a four-year, seventy million dollar deal, and he's Kenny Clark, mm-hmm. a good player, a very good player, not Cam Hayward, not Cam Hayward, but he's a very good player, and he's young. I mean, he has that going right. for him. He's he has a foundational player. Uh, Crawley and I were talking about him a little bit earlier because he, I think, he's kind of today's nose tackle. You know, they're, they're not the Will Four the Camptons field, anymore, yeah. but he can hold the point, and he's a power player. Uh, a one technique, uh, Mike, if you might, if you wish to know, thanks, or, or, thanks or for maybe a, a zero shade technique. Uh, I like zero without the shade. I had zero so shade today at the stadium. <laughs> let me tell you that, as, as you can see from my face and arms. <laughs> but I think Cam deserves every bit of that, and I'd be shocked if it doesn't happen. And, and kind of like you mentioned, Mike, I mean, NFL business is moving on, and really since Mahomes, we've seen a lot of these extensions. So. My huge takeaway, and it just gets more and more affirmed every day, I don't think NFL owners are real worried about losing all this money and all this cap issues and stuff, or they wouldn't, I mean, they wouldn't be spending, and they're spending. Yeah, it, it, it has begun. I think we, we talked about this last week or maybe even the week before, how it, it appeared like it was finally lurching into motion. And Steelers, Dale, they got a lot of guys to think about. They, they do. Are. That's the problem. Um, I'm looking here at Spot Track. And they do a little thing here with a, a kind of a, a cap analysis. They do a calculated market value, and they almost got Javon Hargraves on the nose. Um, oh, they nailed. Yeah, I mean he, they were to, to the dollar. It was you know they were looking at like fourteen million dollars a year. He got thirteen nine or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Uh, they're saying for Cam Hayward, the average it should come out to a, a three year fifty point basically fifty point two million dollar extension. Which would be sixteen point seven million a year. That's the going rate for a player of Cam Hayward's stature mm-hmm. and his age. I mean, his age yeah. doesn't help his cause, but I mean, he's obviously very established. But I think one of the biggest keys is, and I don't think any of us are implying it's not going to get done or worried or anything like that. Is it, it sends people don't think about the human side of it. I mean, when you send a message to that locker room that if you conduct business on and off the field like this former first round pick. We reward you. You never leave town. You're a foundational player. You'll go down as a Steeler legend, and you can be that guy too. You know, I mean, I, I, their contracts speak loudly in locker rooms. Oh, loud! Scream! Nothing speaks <laughs> right. Loud, yeah, right, right, right. And that's and a lot of times that's what you have to ultimately hear. And uh, you know, you look at uh, a couple other guys. Uh, Dale, correct me if I'm wrong. Connor Steele is up. And correct. Juju Smith-Schuster's is up, correct? And correct. Bud. And Bud, and, now, and then now, you, I don't know that you, I don't know that you re-sign either one of those first two guys I mentioned. Maybe you do, I don't, but I don't think they're in the same category. Also, T.J. Watt is that correct? Uh, his contract isn't up, but he's going to get a hefty raise because it'll be his fifth-year option year. And as the uh, the league changed the rules on that this year with that new CBA, it goes by as in a, as opposed to being the where you were drafted at. Now it's the uh, evaluation of your of your play of your yeah, level of play. Right, right, so right. 
uh, all of a he's sudden, helping his cause yeah, dramatically, he, right? That you know that nine or ten million that that uh, they you know Bud Dupree they had to pick up for Bud Dupree suddenly for T.J. Watt is maybe fourteen or fifteen million uh, because of his his level of play. So yeah. that's something that they have to take into account. Building wave is up. Yeah, all the uh, three of their top yeah. three of their top four tackles are up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they they've got uh, they've got some work to do in this off season. And if that cap does happen to drop to uh, to 175 million, oh by the way, they're about 14 million over that. Over that. Yeah. So they they have some work to do in terms of getting under the cap. That's why I think you know the first move that they make on that is extending Roethlisberger for at least another year to to lower that cap hit to, uh, from the 40 plus million dollars that it is next year. Uh, but and there's a lot of good players that's, on that, that seems list. excessive. That seems excessive. That, that seems a bit much, yeah. Um, but you know they did that in the spring. Knowing that you know that was going to be the case, yeah. and so uh, you know they've they've got some work to do here, and we'll see you know how they get up go about doing this. But I, I will say this: I can't think of too many instances where they've lost a guy in free agency or had to cut a guy that they really wanted to keep. Right, especially a Cam-like player that's been around and you know, has contributed the ways he has. And, and of all those players we mentioned, and there's even more. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of starters. I'm not sure anybody besides Cam is irreplaceable. It might be difficult. You might have to hit on a first-round pick or develop somebody between now and then. But I think Cam's the only one, and I understand Bud's playing on the franchise tag, but Cam would be the only one that's probably deserved of a franchise designation, and that's not going to fly well either. So, I mean, I can't see them franchising Connor or Juju or Bud again, even if they had terrific years. I mean that's 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 a little far fetched too. To, to hear the pending free agents: Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, Alejandro Villanueva, Mike Hilton, Matt Filer, Tyson Alualu, Jordan Berry, Zach Banner, Daniel McCullers. God forbid they move on from wow. him. Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Chris Wormley, Cameron Sutton, James Connor, Ryan Switzer. Um, it's both their slot corners. Yeah, both you know, like their both about slot that, corners. Tackles aren't easy to find. <clears throat> slot corners. Aren't Ola easy to find. Denny. Um, that's pretty much it for the guys who who actually play, but that's a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. And if you're already over the cap, you know you're yeah, you're yeah. not going to get all those guys back. I bet the cap's higher than 175, though. Yeah, but as it, as it stands, they have 40 pending free agents. 40. 40 out of the 80 guys currently on their roster. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add to that. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be hairy, and you, you mentioned it. I mean. Extending Ben, if you're super confident in him now, would be a good step number one. I think Cam's right after that in terms of just what it means to the team in the locker room. Then I'd turn my attention to Filer. Wow, I think he's... I think Filer would be the guy that I would look at next just because you can't afford to lose... Affordability and you can't afford to lose him. Right. So Watt gets the big bump as the fifth year, and then you'd worry about him next year? But you could franchise him next year, too. So, I mean, he's not going anywhere for two years conceivably yeah. there this know. this is working off of uh, again over the cap now I'm looking at they're guessing that Watt's salary is uh, about 10. Point, well it's 10.089 million dollars next year that might be low if he continues to play based on what yeah right. if he plays the way that you know he played last year and I expect him to be maybe even better than that um, he's going to push 11 12 million for next easily year's for next base year salary yeah right Guaranteed, I think, too. It's all guaranteed. And another too, guy who is, you know, he's a few years behind Cam Hayward, but he, you know, a number one pick who has come in and done everything the right way, 
and established himself on and off the field and in the locker room and, and just is becoming everything they want their guys to be, right? Right. Again, it sends the right message to give him the next deal, and then hopefully somebody behind him does the same thing and you keep that generation going. Yeah, you don't let guys like that walk. No. Just like you don't let a guy like Cam Hayward walk. I mean, they're, they're too important to your franchise. Um, you know, somebody uh, brought up today to me, well, you know, uh, maybe he takes a deal like a, what Gerald McCoy got or what, you know, which was three years, $21 million or what, or, you know, and Dominican Seuss on him. Like, McCoy blew out his knee today, by the way. He did. He, yeah. McCoy blew out his knee. But McCoy was that guy. McCoy was Cam Hayward in Tampa. Yeah, he was, he was their locker room leader. He was their guy. He was the the foundational player. Right, and they didn't resign him. They let him go because he's the declining player. He's a declining you know, player. I don't see that with Cam Hayward. No, just... the level of play is much different. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about McCoy signing a deal five years ago, right? Okay, it's a little yeah, different. You're one of the best players in, on the interior in the league. He's more of a three technique, though. <laughs> How do you feel <laughs> about the three techniques, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> that interview, it, it got my attention because uh, that, that stuff has kind of come up. I mean, we talked to Connor about it, James Connor, and he gave you the standard. Uh, you know, side of my, I'm not playing for the contract. They'll take care of itself. My agent will handle it. Juju Smith-Schuster said kind of the same thing. You know, uh, I, I found it interesting. Juju was asked about it once directly and a couple of times indirectly, and he just handled it every time, which was in direct contrast to uh, I assume you guys are hard knocks fans. The Jalen Ramsey uh, situation. The the, the Jalen Ramsey situation where he, he blew off the Zoom and then they had to go drag him back. You know, I mean, this guys, this stuff's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. Just handle it like a pro and get through it. And I thought Cam did that very well today, but I thought he also got his point across without necessarily coming off as um, anything other than really interested in getting this done sooner rather than later, which I think he has every right to feel that way. Yeah. But he was forceful, I mean, though, huh? I mean, he, he, was, he was, yeah. yeah. And, and I think if there's, if there's, well, I mean, there's obviously injuries can derail your season, or, you know, obviously, the, you know, with the coronavirus out there, that could derail your season as well. But one other thing that could derail this, this team this year, um, you know, before they get out of the starting gate is, is again, that those contract situations. And we've seen this again happen in the past. This is why the Steelers have the, the, uh, the the rule that they have in place that they don't negotiate once the season starts because, you know, guys admitted in the past that, you know, they were bothered by this. Well, if you just mm-hmm. tell everybody, hey, if we don't talk to anybody once the season starts, so if we don't get this thing done, we're not going to get it done. We'll talk about it after the season. You're not special. We're not prejudiced against you in particular. Yeah. You know, we're just – doesn't mean we don't like you. Right, it just right. means we don't talk contracts during the season. And then you get that gap after the season before free agency. That, but if know. they've got too many guys in that locker room worried about, you know, what's going to happen after this season, I, you know, that could be something that could be a problem for this team. And I was, I was struck that uh, – that, that always struck me as funny because these guys always say, oh, my agent handles that. I don't worry about it. Don't so why would they worry day. about it during the season? Why no. wouldn't the agent just handle it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it only worked that it's way. It's like the guys sure. that don't read the paper or listen yeah. to the radio. I don't, I don't read what you guys write. I don't see what they, you know, hear what you guys say, write, say on the radio. I don't hear, hear the chatter, yeah. But there are, some things, there are some things that are said in the NFL that mean the exact opposite <laughs> of, of what is being said. And that would be one of the big ones. No doubt That's about that. That's on the list, yeah. Yeah. He is Mike Pursuta. That's Mike, Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what we saw, what we heard today, all that good stuff right after this.
We are back with the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson and Mike Persuda as the Steelers completed their first day of padded practice today at Heinz Field. And uh, Mike, uh, you had a almost a bird's eye view of uh, backs on backers from where you were sitting at today. I did, right in that end zone uh, under the scoreboard. That's where the tent is set up for Steelers.com, that little plaza area. And by the way, what a great view. I see why so many people stand down there during the game. Oh, I'm sure it's even it, it's, like even better for, for on game days because you're seeing you know, you're you're behind the line of scrimmage. It's like watching the end zone view on the all twenty two. Right. That's that's yeah, exactly right, what right. it's like looking at and, and I could see why people would like that. Oh yeah. yeah. It's very yeah, it's very good and you're not uh, just the height of it, you're just high enough that you can still see the other end of the field pretty well, but you're you're close enough and low enough that it's coming right at you when they're in your end. Uh, you know, it's funny. I went to uh, this is probably eight or nine years ago, maybe longer than that. Uh, I took my uh, stepson down to see a Pitt Miami game, and we got tickets somewhere, and uh, they were way upstairs. And we just said, "Let's go stand on the rotunda, see what that's like." That was pretty cool too. That that angle is very good. Yeah, yeah that is I used to, you know, when I would sit in the press box, like, why are those people standing? There? You know? <laughs> it's better than the cheap seat. Okay, now I get it. It's I always assumed the people standing on the rotunda were standing there because they could smoke. I don't yeah, even know that's if that's point. the case, but certainly a lot of people stand on the rotunda. A lot of people, a lot of people, stand in, 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 in down in front of the big right. screen and watch yeah. the game down there. Um, the only problems I could see with it, if you don't have a buddy with you, I don't know about you guys, but when I go to a game as a fan. I'm not standing in one place for three and a half hours. No, I have no desire to do that. <laughs> well, there's just times when I'm going to have to move into a different part of the stadium and take care of some business. Sure. And, Usually those two and, the two things that you're taking care of business involve for, one another. Right. And replenish yes, the stock. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. You know, you don't you don't buy beer, you only rent it, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> but you gotta have somebody to hold your spot for you, otherwise you you lose it and then then where are you? Then you're in the back of the rotunda line. Just depends how uh, well attended the event is. Too. Funny you said depends when you say that because that would solve that issue. Yeah. It depends. <laughs> Someone go into a pit. Someone go into a pit game. Yeah, a pit game works. So I don't think you have any issues. Uh, but anyways, Mike, I, I thought uh, you know backs on backers. While certainly, I'm sure the players were very fired up to do it, and um, you know the first if the first rep through it, you know a lot of the younger guys struggle. As Mike Tomlin noted today, um, you know, they're a platform for learning, and uh, it, today was all about getting people adjusted to the intensity of the drill. I couldn't necessarily tell because they were on the far side of the field from where we were at. I could see what was happening. I couldn't hear what was happening, which is usually a big part of backs on backers. Sure. Um, so, Dale, you could, didn't have the, the freedom to go move around the stadium. No, we, we were right, basically right. Uh, on the side of the stadium across from where the press box is. Essentially the Steelers. The visitor side. Yeah, the visitor side of the, of the, of the uh, field. And we could, we could go up and down the sideline down there. Okay. Uh, but they were on the opposite side down in, the, in that. In like the, where they come out. Yes, essentially okay. that's, that's where the backs on backers was held, where the Steelers come out onto the field. Or am I thinking the wrong way here? I think no, so. that's right. So that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. So – I could see it, and I had a nice view of it, but I couldn't hear the chatter. Right, the right, chatter's right, right. a big part of backs on backers to me. Uh, could you hear any of the chatter, Mike, and was there any excitement uh, following any of those uh, reps? I could hear noise, but I couldn't lock in on it. You know, I, mm -hmm. I didn't know. I, words were being said. I don't know what was said. 
So it was like when you're listening uh, to, to Stevie uh, or to Jimi Hendrix, you could you could hear you know it, but you couldn't listen to it. Right. No, you could listen, but you couldn't. You couldn't listen. Okay, I got that backwards. <laughs> yeah, A little white man. The, the hearing Trump part, the, yeah. the, the the comprehension. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to scan uh, quickly the uh, backs on backers part of the pool report. While you I don't are, want to say anything. While but, you are, uh, I mean, we mentioned last week that, you know, like at Friday Night Lights, you could basically reach out and touch them almost. I mean, you're that close and you get to hear it we're, cl- we're so close in those situations that I've almost gotten trampled on a few yeah, times. Yeah, you got to be a careful. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah, to gotta keep your head, eyes up. Your head's going to mm-hmm. be on a swivel. And even at, <laughs> at, at, you know, in Latrobe at St. Vincent's, you can see and hear pretty darn well. You can get pretty close. So didn't quite have that luxury. There. One nice thing we had, though, Mike, was that you could also then watch the rep because they were playing it back on the big screen. That's great for you guys. So you could watch the rep live, and then if you looked them up immediately, they were re-showing it on the big screen in the stadium. Um, now, Thomas Chapman, one of the Steelers' uh, PR people, said, oh, they're doing that for you. And I, I said, I find that hard to believe that they're putting playing that back for the media. I think that's probably probably working on some playbacks or something, or they're showing it for the scouts or somebody. I think they were doing it for the scouts. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you guys a little story. This goes way back, uh, pretty early in my that? career. Yeah, okay. I, I started with I started with the Beaver County Times, covering football, and uh, a few years into my career, I wanted to do a series on how teams prep for the draft. And this this went on, you know, throughout the course of the season. We didn't run it until the spring before the draft. But one of the, uh, you know, hands-on reporting deals was I went up to Penn State's Pro Day. And Dick Hoke was uh, still with the Steelers at that time. And he said, I'll take you up there, but don't tell Joe you're a reporter. If anybody asks you, you're with us. <laughs> so – Someone up there just basically followed Dick Hoke around, and, and you know the access was phenomenal. They just you know you hear. I think Wisniewski's dad might have been playing that, or was it his uncle that was at Penn State? Uh, that's how that's how long ago this was. So, Mike, did but, you get um, in the facility and actually get to watch tape? Oh, and watch them do the and, timing right, right. and everything. Yeah. I, I, the lead the lead to this segment of the story was Paterno's sec- secretary, and I as we walked into the building, she was saying something very close to. I'm sorry, Senator. Coach Paterno will call you back when he has some time. <laughs> like, Joe Paterno was blowing off a senator. I don't know which one. But one of the other things I did was I went down to uh, a West Virginia game and sat in the press box with Tom Donahoe. Oh, nice. And he was he – was, a play would happen, and then he was craning his neck trying to see a television. And I, I just observed one time. I said, boy, you're really into these replays. And he goes, you don't understand. I can see a different guy. It's hard. You can't watch right. everything at once. You can watch yeah. two things. I can, watch, I can watch one walk. guy during the live rep, and then I can watch another guy during the replay. That never – I was like, wow, that's that's maximizing your time. Yeah, or sometimes, you know, you watch a rep, and you're like, did he get his hands inside, or I couldn't quite tell. And sometimes it happens again. pretty right. quick, and if you're far away, you can't necessarily I – mean, and I know the, the, uh, the yeah. Steelers scouts were sitting up behind me uh, in, in the second level there. Uh, they were sitting up behind us, and – you know they left it. You know before practice was over, but I'm sure they were taking notes on all this stuff as they absolutely like, as they do. I mean, like my my role during training camp when I was with the Browns was I had to write reports on all of our tight ends. You know, I mean we were in in for the building for that reason, write them up, and then you also know when you start looking at college and um, you know free agent tight ends, like well that guy's better than what we got, or eh, the level here is a lot higher than that. You know, I mean that type of thing. So that's that's valuable. Yeah. And Matt, you know, you get the video at night, but the, you, you can't see a play too many times, right? I mean, right, 
Right. You, you just can't. It, it's you always pick up something else. So. Uh, I think they were doing that for the scouts. Dale. That was Nobody that was my that guess point. when he said that, and uh, he said, "Well, we'll just stick with uh, they're doing it for you guys." I said, "Well, you can say that, but I, I'm guessing it's probably for the scouts." I mean, I know you guys <laughs> only seen it once, but did, by chance, did you see the linebacker coach say, "Now go look what you did wrong"? You know, like for example, Bush comes in on a, a blitz, and you know, in backs versus backers, he loses. Linebacker coach grabs him and says, "Now look up on the board. Look up." Didn't see did. any of that. Okay. They were too far away for me to, to hear if they were saying anything mm-hmm. like that. But uh, um, that's one of the things you do typically see. Like you get the coaching points when you when you're watching that's a regular, great for me so close. watching a regular right. backs on backers. Yeah, you, know, you need to keep your hands inside, mm-hmm. or you need to do this to, to get to the swim. If you would have swimmed them here, you yeah. could have got you know right. those kind of things. Or a spin here, mm-hmm. or you spun too much. You you know you didn't really hit them with a move. You just kind of yeah. You got to make a decision and do want do something, not six different things. You know that that's that's what happens to a lot of these guys in that drill. They're coming. Oh, they're dancing. They're, yeah, they're yeah. just dancing. They're not doing anything. I used to when I when I was still playing basketball, these guys that would do all the you know fancy dribbling and all that stuff. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, then Indiana Jones. I'm focused on you. I'm focused on your belly button. You know, yeah, (laughs) that's exactly what it is. Sometimes you feel that way. As long as you're, as long as you're patient as a defensive player, I'm standing there waiting for you to do something. I'm watching your, I'm watching your, 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 the middle. (laughs) You're dancing. Yeah, the middle's not going anywhere until the middle moves. I'm not moving. Right. Pull out the pistol and put them down. (laughs) Indiana Jones. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. But uh, yeah, a lot of lot of uh, interesting things at practice today. Um, rookies, and we've talked about this. Uh, Danny Smith's going to have a lot of rookies on those uh, on those return units, on the coverage units. Uh, he may not have a voice left by the end of training camp because boy, that's going to be a tough gig, right? Yeah, now. I mean, I, I think oh. the, I think the toughest job on any coaching staff right now in the NFL is those special teams guys, and it's a tough job already. Yeah. But they're going to be under the gun to get these guys ready to play football for real. I mean, even as good as like Watts been on special teams, he's new. You know what I mean? I mean, they're going to do something different. But you don't have a ton of returning core special teams. And it only takes one guy being out of his lane. To make a special teams guy who loses marbles. Yeah, right. like it, oh, that turns into a touchdown, and all of a sudden now, now everybody's, you know, well, it's, 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 you know, Danny Smith doesn't know what he's doing. Right, right. Fire um, everybody. You know, right. I fire and everybody. They get no, and they get no coaching tape off the preseason. That might be the one aspect where mm. they're really going to miss the preseason. I think special teams are going to be a disaster for the first couple of months across the league. Yeah. I mean, block punts, you know, miss misprotections, things like that. I bet that happens a lot. Yeah, the teams that are good at special teams are still going to be good, and they may be, able to, may be able to draw some things up. We've seen the Steelers, for example, have been really good under Danny Smith's tenure at blocking kicks. They've blocked a bunch of kicks since, since he's mm-hmm. been here. Um, wouldn't surprise me if they block a couple of kicks early in the season. And a lot of that's scheming up. That's yeah. like scheming up a good blitz or a pass rush type of thing. You like, see something, oh, boy, if he does that again, we're going to do this, and it's going yeah. yeah, to pop something here. Just like pass protection, I mean, if a, a kicking game has a hole in their protection, you scheme something up to attack it. And I do think Coach Smith's good at that. The other thing that we're going you know, to while see. while we're at that, guys, but yeah. I just wanted to, uh, to Matt's point about you know the teams that are good at special teams or Dale, did you say that? I, I just zoned that. out for a minute. But uh, <laughs> my buddy Rick Goslin, who uh, the longtime Dallas Morning News guy, yes. who was a great draft guy, he does he still does his special teams rankings every year, even though he doesn't cover the NFL daily anymore. But this is something that Rick came up with. He has twenty two categories. Matt, did, were you aware of this when you were in the league? The Dallas Morning News special teams rankings? No, but he does a very good job in general. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's dynamite. Uh, you know, coaches use it as an information tool. Like, they okay. they, they buy it. They, they respect it. Uh, now, again, 22 categories. I'm not going to, you know, waste everybody's time going through all those. But it's not just if you have a good kicker or a good return guy, you have good special teams. There's, there's a lot that goes into this. Uh, Rick had the Steelers ninth in the NFL last year. Yeah, and I hmm. think that's very representative uh, yeah. of what they did last year. Uh, the return, you know, people focus on, well, the return game stinks, or you know, the kicker two years ago was awful, so they right. missed a couple kicks. Oh, they had they, they had these penalties on special teams. There are, as you mentioned, twenty two categories in special teams uh, that form the entire basis of the special teams unit. Right. I mean, there's I mean, protection, there's pass rush, there's every bit of it. Yeah, right. Coverage and, and, you know. How quick does that ball come back from the long snapper, the hold? I mean, that's I bet just the hold is one of 22. Yeah. How I mean, good your just, hold yeah, he, it down, you know? He had him, uh, New Orleans one, Cincinnati two, New England three, Washington four, Jacksonville five, Kansas City was sixth, the New York football giants seventh, the New York Jets eighth, Pittsburgh nine and Detroit ten. Surprised me that Baltimore came in at twenty seven. They're that always very yeah. much the top. Yeah, they're usually very good there. Kansas City's another one that's always good yep. in special teams. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. They were high in that. Along those lines, I mean, I don't watch any special teams film. I just totally cheat and go to Football Outsiders and do their rankings. And the Bengals were number one by a, a big margin. You mentioned they were two in this ranking. They had a Steelers great return were, game. Yeah, and, and they, it's the only thing they did really yeah. well last year. But yeah. the Steelers were like nine or ten with them too. So, I mean, a couple sources that you trust really stand up. And you guys are right. I mean, yeah. they fluctuate a lot year to year. But the Patriots, Ravens, Chiefs, and the Rams too, because they do a lot of like throwing from the punter. Usually are near the top. It's it, it was odd that Baltimore struggled. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, and, and that, they're very good in the kicking game. I mean, obviously, we Tucker's, know the kicker, but yeah, more Tucker's Tucker, and I think right. I think Cook's been one of the most underrated punters in the yeah, league for I a long too. time. I do too. I think he's a weapon. But Harbaugh stresses it. Yeah, I mean, he's a special, former special teams coach. Yeah. Why wouldn't Belichick he stress it? Really stresses yeah. it, right? Yeah, but Danny Smith, maybe got we're like Dale. I think he's on the docket this week. We may actually get to talk to him without having to chase him down after practice. Uh, he somebody doesn't, he says, doesn't much so, like. Somebody mentioned something about that to me earlier this week. Hey, Danny Smith's going to talk this week. I'm like, oh, he hates these things. Does he? He hates like, he hates I when like, he has to talk to the media. Like that's he hates it because he loves it so much. He knows he's going to go too far. <laughs> he, he is such a personable guy, and he's got a million stories, and he's funny, and I think he gets a little wound up. And then you know, what was the, the remember the one year that he was talking about speed versus. Yeah. Game speed. Yeah. I don't even want to go down the road he went. But, <laughs> but it's ever good since stuff then and... he's been kind of he's been kind of reluctant. But uh, he he he's a guy I think takes a little too much grief in his time. Yeah, no, I again, when I, I say this time, I mean I mean Steeler Nation. <laughs> again, I you know the coach the coach is not coaching them up to go out there and commit penalties. No, oh, that's on the players. I mean, I, at what point did, I've always said this? You know, when, whenever players screw something up, they didn't draw it up that way. Of course they not. didn't say you go down there and block this guy in the back and then we'll spring this. That's that's not how it works. Of course, there's better teachers than others. Of course, yeah. but like I for Boswell's woes in 2018, I blame Danny Smith zero percent. It wasn't on him. That's yeah. not on him yeah. at all. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, but uh, as Mike said, we'll get to talk to him later in the week. But uh, we can let Mike go. Oh, it's a, the time is up. We're uh, moving on here. So uh, Matt and I will all be right, back before I get out of here. Yeah. I just I just want to let you guys know that according to the pool report for practice today. <laughs> Chase Claypool, who was talked about being a red zone target for Roethlisberger, 
made a leaping catch in the corner of the end zone on a ball from the starting QB. It's good to know. Good to know. We appreciate you dropping by, Mike, as we always do. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Uh, he is Mike. Couldn't remember Persuda. if I'd mentioned that or not. So there you go. Yeah, once or twice, but that's okay. We we get new listeners all the time. Um, <laughs> he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to hear from some of the guys who did speak today in the second hour. Here, we'll do that right after this. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Of course, we let Mike Pursuta go there after the first hour. This is the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio. And uh, some bad news coming out of Dallas. Of course, one of the Steelers' opponents this year, Gerald McCoy, out for the season after rupturing a quad uh, today at training camp for the Cowboys. This is going to sound like I'm a psychopath or something, but, you, you know, as we were sitting here earlier with Crawley and the NFL Network was on, and, of course, there's... Blurbs growing across the bottom. A.J. Green feared to have tweaked the hamstring. And then this one comes up. And I kind of liked it in that people are getting hurt. We're playing football. You know, like, I, I feel bad for Jordan McCoy. I feel bad for I don't mind anybody yeah, getting hurt. Right. We all get all that. But all the like, like I always talk about, this time of year, most news is bad. And it was, it was just a degree of normalcy to hear someone got hurt in practice today. Like, that's what this sport's all about, you know. Like that's what happens, and yeah, it's unfortunate. See, if, if, you play, if, if you play sport, football but. in the NFL, again, the guy when people talk about, well, this guy's injury prone or that guy, mm-hmm. or, you know, if you play football in the NFL, you will be hurt at some point in your career. Yeah, some people will play through it, or some yeah. will end their career. Varying or, degrees know. of injury, uh, but you're going to get hurt playing this game. Yeah, and it's bound to happen. But but my point is just it's just like a normal training camp in terms of what you're reading around the league. Um, Dallas is interesting, though. I mean, I don't know that McCoy has a ton left. We mentioned that during the Cam conversation. But they added a lot of brand-name defensive linemen, Poe and Griffin and Alden Smith and these guys, seeing what they have left late in their careers, trying to make a run, kind of a Patriots-like move. And I think they really want to build things that they don't have to blitz much, even though Mike Nolan, their defensive coordinator, is considered a kind of a blitz-happy guy. Let's protect that secondary. Let's get home with four. And McCoy at least could still do that, you know, yeah. as an interior penetrator, even on third and eights. That has some value. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so he is out for the year. Yeah. Um, Chubb evaluated for a possible concussion in Browns camp. Yeah, I heard that too. First day of first day of camp or early in camp, and uh, that's not. That's a bigger thing than than typically we used to think about. You know, it's a. Well, he got dinged. He'll be back in a couple of days. Right, right. That's not the case anymore. It's kind of funny. Again, I don't mean to sound like a psychopath, but, you know, that <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about concussions lately, you know, right. because of COVID and all these you know things that we've that just dominated the headlines, unfortunately. And I remember my, my son told me that when we were between shows. I was home. He's like, Chubb got a concussion. I'm like, that's ah, probably no big deal. And then I thought about it. I'm like, well, 
don't brush it off. You don't know. You know, I mean, it is a big deal, and it could mean more recurs, a better chance be more of those co- type yeah, of things. Yeah, again, I don't it, know how severe it was. Um, you know, you see it a lot of times when you have that first concussion, then all of a sudden if you come back mm-hmm. and you get a second one. That's right, a, you then know. you start to really worry. Yeah. You know, at that position, you get your, your bell rung quite a bit. So maybe he will shut it down for a day or a week or the rest of camp. Who's to say? Yeah, right. Um, Rob Gronkowski back at practice and uh, participating in his first training camp suit since 2018. Uh, according to Bruce Arians, he has some uh, – he has to, some work to do to get back up to speed, uh, especially in terms of his conditioning. Um, as Bruce Arian said, he's probably in New England shape, but he's not in Florida shape. Ah. And the uh, humidity and the heat's kicking in, uh, kicking his butt. Yes. Pretty good. Brand. Yeah. I mean, he grew up in Buffalo, came here for that last year, spent most of his time, even though he played Arizona, but he's been out of the game. Heat's uh, obviously an issue. And... I think this is how it went down, but Peter King has a podcast, and he had Brady on this week, and all of a sudden I saw that, that that came up on my podcast feed. I didn't listen to it, and then there was all these blurbs. Peter King predicts O.J. Howard to get the most snaps at tight end. You know, So I assume that came out of the podcast talking to Brady, and maybe Gronk's behind schedule. Yeah, uh, or even if he is on schedule, maybe they just see him as a part-time player. Right, right. Red yeah. zone, you'll be our second yeah. tight end. O.J. Howard has a ton of ability. You yeah, know, like, he does. He's a guy, like, if he gets swept under the rug and becomes a free agent next year, some team might be real happy to pick him up. Speaking of guys getting hurt, DeAndre Hopkins missed his second straight day of practice with the Cardinals with a sore hamstring. I think um, it's hamstring season, don't you? It, it certainly is. That's something you're going to see a lot of, I yeah. think. Um, Tweaks. You know, throughout this whole process. And, again, the, the teams that make it through uh, without – Getting a bunch of those injuries, mm-hmm. especially you know for a guy like Hopkins who's new to the team, and you're starting to you're trying to build that. Oh yeah, that absolutely. With the with the with the quarterback, uh, that's that's kind of a big deal, right? I mean, you don't get many of them to get that 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 timing down. Um, AJ Green was the other one today, left practice with a tweak, and of course that's a huge red flag because he hasn't played much he over the last couple like of years. Sixteen months, yeah. They got a new quarterback, obviously. He's both these guys are two of the best receivers of this generation. It might be nothing; they might be back tomorrow running full speed. But if you only get fourteen of them and you miss two or three, it doesn't take a mathematician to yeah, figure it out. It's significant. Right. Um, how about this one? You like this one as a fantasy guy? Panthers wide receiver DJ Moore said today that uh, you know he said you might want to pick me back up in fantasy this year. Well, not that we ever backed off from DJ. No, Moore. No, I don't think anybody was cutting them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That makes me smile a little bit because I've been trying to read the tea leaves of what the Panthers are going to look like. And I really think when you look at Joe Brady's history going from New Orleans to LSU to here as their new offensive coordinator, that they are very much going to mimic the Saints, which is what LSU did. I mean, people don't realize that Burrow was Breeze, Edwards Hilaire was Kamara, Justin Jefferson was Michael Thomas. So I'm sitting there looking at it like, well, I think McCaffrey can be Edward Solaire and Kamara. I think Bridgewater can do his Saints routine. Maybe he's not as good as Drew Brees, but he was there last year and did the exact same thing. So who's Thomas? Well, I think it's DJ Moore. Yeah, I think yeah. so as well. And uh, one final note here before we go back to break again here. Uh, the Washington football team hired Jason Wright as the first black pre- uh, team president in NFL history. Big but- move. It is a big move, and I don't mean to downplay it, but when I read that headline, I thought, wow, that should have happened 20 years ago, 
50 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I was shocked that was the first. Like, a team on. president, though, not all teams I mean, I have know, a president, that's true. necessarily. Like, the Steelers don't have a team president, right? It's Well, the team presidents are... He happens to own the yeah. team, right? Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> I mean, that's usually who the team president mm-hmm. is. That's if, a good point. Yeah. I guess there's not a in lot of those cases. titles in the league. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, but he's the that first one Bruce to have Allen that exact title. Yeah. Okay, that was Bruce Allen before yeah. for the Redskins, when they were the Redskins. Right. Okay. So well, that's great. I mean, I, again, yeah. I don't mean that in any negative manner. I just like, that should have happened a million years ago. But it's a good point. There, there aren't many of those titles in the world. Yeah. Um, Rice spent seven seasons in the NFL as a running back with the 49ers, Falcons, Browns and Cardinals uh, was a Cardinals captain and labor rep during the 2011 lockout. Uh, after retiring, he earned his MBA from the University of Chicago, uh, worked for some uh, different consulting firms and those kind of things, uh, and is now the president of an NFL franchise. Good for him. Good for him. And I don't care what color his skin is, his work is going to be cut out for him. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Organization. That organization has some. Uh, they don't project to win to a do. lot of games. They got a lot of moving parts and a lot of bad mojo right now. Yeah, lots of that certainly, but uh, certainly a groundbreaking moment in the mm-hmm. uh, Fritz Pollard uh, initiative. Fritz Pollard Alliance uh, praising that hiring. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's groundbreaking. So it is. It's certainly no- noteworthy. I feel like that fan base is down on their team too. Like it's not like going to watch the Hogs and Joe Gibbs. I don't so, think they yeah. flock to the stadium like they used to, and you know. Yeah, so anyways, he is uh, Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from a couple of the Steelers today what they had to say. We'll do that right after this. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson on the training camp report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, our Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, speaking of trucks, a guy who's built like a truck will be Cam Hayward. Yeah, let's get to that. But just want to warn Wesley here. He keeps spinning these tunes. Anyone from DVs listen, they're going to recruit him for down the hall. He's a new DJ. Yeah, I think so. I guess we're just trying for it. You know, we're just not good enough for him here. Right, but, right. Uh, a <laughs> little side gig. Yeah, a little side gig. Uh, speaking of somebody who might, well, I don't know if he needs a side gig. No, he is, he is making $9.5 million this his year. His gig's fine. But uh, certainly Cam Hayward uh, talking a lot about his contract status here with the media today. He was, of course, he was because he was asked about it. But uh, here's what Cam had to say earlier today. Go ahead, Mark Cabali, The Athletic. Hey, Cam, what's up? How you doing, Mark? Well, I'm pretty sure you know what's coming right here. Could you just take us through uh, any contract negotiations and where it stands, and uh, do you think that we'll get done here within the next couple weeks? Man, uh, honestly, there's no new updates. Um, you know. I think we're in what the third week again, um, but um, nothing of any substance. Um, you know, uh, y'all know where I stand. Uh, you know, I want to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, I want to lead this team to a Super Bowl. Um, but you know, uh, we'll see where we are. You know, um, I love my team. I love my teammates. Uh, you know, I love the city, the coaches, um, and I love being a Pittsburgh Steeler. But um, 
you got to take two to tango. You know, I, I want to be here, and I, you know, I just have to see what happens. You know, there's what a couple more weeks before the season, and uh, all I can focus on is what I can control, and I'll leave it at that. Joe Rudder. Um, can you hear me? There we go. You got good now? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Kind of follow up on what Mark asked you. Um, have they said anything to you? Like, here's, we want you to come back, but like, here's the parameters we're working in with code. You know, have they explained what the hangups might be or the issues? Uh, you know, I know uh, dealing with the coronavirus definitely halted a lot of things. And um, early on, we had set dates to talk and, we went past those dates and uh, nothing really got resolved or, you know, really ramped up into anything. Um, you know, my agent's talking to them, but there hasn't been anything of substance yet. You got Ray on. <laughs> Angela, is it me? Yes, it's you. Okay, sorry. Hey, Cam. Um, How you doing? Good. You know, last time I think we talked to you, you talked about having asthma and making the decision, you know, whether or not you were going to play. Um, I've seen that you said, yes, you are going to play. You're obviously here at camp. What was that decision process like for you being a high-risk guy and what kind of extra precautions, if any, are you taking for yourself and, you know, around your, your family and your kids? Yeah, you know, uh, for me, um, it was a conversation I had to have with not only um, myself, but my wife, my family, and my agent. Um, you know, and I felt comfortable going forward, um, you know, seeing certain protocols. Um, you know, obviously, I'm taking care of my body uh, outside the football field um, to make sure uh, I'm in the right position. Um, but, uh, you know, after those talks um, and seeing the protocols, whether it's you know, the, we have these little face shields um, that we can wear. Um, you know, I just felt comfortable with it. Um, you know, I thought it would be beneficial for me to play. And, um, you know, I'm excited. You know, uh, I'm all in and I know I'm a high risk athlete, but um, going in this year, I want to make sure I'm 100% in this. All right. Now, Ray Fittipaldo. Sorry about that. Hey, Cam, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, just one more on the contract thing. I, I know that uh, you've seen a lot of your teammates sign one day, two days before you know the season starts. Does that give you some faith that it can still happen for you, or has this entire pandemic just really have you you know soured on the entire process? Man, uh, it's pretty uncertain right now. Um, I don't know what to take. Uh, you know, at the same time, I see a lot of my, you know, teammates in the past have done it. Um, but I know NFL business is moving forward. You know, you see guys getting their contracts resolved. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to have faith, but, you know, uh, I'm going to be ready to play either way. You know, I'm going to make sure I'm locked in on this season. Uh, and this won't be a hindrance on our performance this year. Dale Lawley. Hey, Cam, I'm just wondering, uh, you guys lose 
Javon Hargrave this this off season, uh, but you get mm-hmm. Stephon Tuitt back. Um, how has Tuitt looked thus far, and are you uh, kind of chomping at the bit to to get out there in the field with him? Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know the heart goes fonder when you're away, and uh, for Tuitt personally, I think uh, he's itching to go. He's raring to go. Um, you know, I understand we lost Javon Hargrave, um, and we won't be able to replace him completely. Um, but having a heady veteran like you know Tyson Alulu. Um, Big Dan coming into shape, uh, you know, and having to it there, um, I think we can more than more than enough sustain that. Um, you know, we just got to stay healthy um, and continue to be a cohesive unit. Everybody, just remember to raise your hand if you want to ask a question. All right. Next, we're going to have Mike Prezuda. Greetings from the parking lot, Cam. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? You better not be parallel parked. <laughs> no, or double no. parked. I'm, I'm good. Thanks for the concern, though. <laughs> hey, your brother plays in a conference where he's being told it's unsafe to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in a league that it's being deemed safe to play. Have you guys had any conversations about that? Um, you know, uh, I think the thing that's different in both is um, – you know, from the NFL, there was a leadership position where um, across the board, uh, every team was going to respond the same way with protocols. Um, when you get down to the NCAA level, um, they kind of just went full reign to let conferences decide. And, um, you know, my brother would tell me week in and week out what was going on. And, um, you know, he's dealing with that. Uh, but uh, I know he's raring to go. I know he's excited about uh, whenever they play. This is just going to give them an opportunity to keep training and be prepared. Okay, I just unmuted. Derek Bell. Okay, hey, Cam, how you doing? How you doing? Good, good. So um, this is the first time you've not had training camp at St. Vincent's College, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Can you shed some light on what this experience is like for you going through training camp compared to all the others you've been with everything involved with football right now in the COVID? Yeah, you know, uh, it's definitely different. Um, you know, being here at uh, Heinz Field as opposed to Latrobe, I feel like Latrobe, um, we're already in a bubble where it's, uh, you know, it's everything football nonstop. And here, um, we get a chance to go home to our families and still stay on uh, up with current events and such. But, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, different protocols are being set. Um, having, uh, you know, Coach T has done a great job of just simulating um, ways where we could be affected by the, the virus, whether it's um, having the bets be in a Zoom call and everybody's in the bets are up in a player suite and then the rookies are in team meeting and then doing it vice versa. Um, you know, we're trying to prepare ourselves that if there is um, a mishap or a shutdown of any sort, um, we're able to stay on task and stay uh, ready for the games. Aditi Kinkwabala. Sorry, Aditi, it's not letting me unmute you. There you go. Okay. Hey, Cam. Hi, Aditi. How are you? Uh, hanging. Excited to be here. Uh, <laughs> you, you talk about being healthy. So what's the big key now these next few weeks? Nobody's been in pads since January. You have to obviously get ready. You need to see these younger guys be physical. 
but right. you haven't hit in a long time. So what, what's the magic here? Well, I think we got to walk a fine line between that. You know, I know we want to be physical, um, but we want to make sure we get guys to the, to the games. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, not going full, full, uh, full tackling and full hitting um, through all the way through practice, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, coaches being able to blow the whistle up pretty quick. Um, you know, we're not looking for drag down tacklers where guys' foots are stuck in the ground and trying to cut out of it. Um, but, you know, we got to show our physicality in ways. Um, you know, we got to show we can be physical at the point of attack um, because um, once we get to September, uh, things are going to be moving awfully fast. So it's going to hit us before we know it. Great. Up next, we're going to have Will Graves. Hey, Cam. Um, something that got, like, lost in the shuffle here just because everything that happened was, you know, the CBA got passed, like, literally, I think, right at the shutdown. And I don't think we've asked any of you guys about it. Some of your teammates, I mean, hell, Pounce was willing to pay salaries for younger players to help them vote against. And I'm just sort of curious, in a way, because of the economic uncertainty going forward, is it almost a blessing that that sort of labor agreement got settled before this stuff hit? You know, uh, you know, there were a lot of factors going into that. Um, we were up against a pandemic. Um, you know, we could have been dealing with a strike. Uh, I don't know how we would have striked in such a climate that we're in now. Um, you know, I appreciate the leadership. Uh, they got the deal done. Um, did we get everything we want? No. Um, but, you know, this keeps our game healthier. Um, it keeps guys in the league longer. Um, and, you know, it helps guys uh, achieve more money uh, in in this business. So you know, with that said, you know, I I appreciate um, all the different you know people that were involved in that. Um, you know, guy like Pouncey who's willing to do that uh, almost helps us because then we know um, we have a we have a place where um, it's not just uh, NFL versus NFLPA. It's the players involved too, um, and you know. Uh, it was pretty uh, extraordinary what we got done in such a little bit of time. All right, I got time for one last question here. So we're going to go to Jeff Hawthorne. Hey, Cam. How you doing? I'm good. You? I'm all right. Hey, I'm just wondering the confidence you guys and you as a defensive captain having Devin Bush in the middle and calling plays and taking another step his second year here. Yeah, you know, um, you know, we have a lot of older guys uh, that are very confident. Um, and we expect Devin to not only match us, but exceed us. You know, uh, him being a second guy, um, we see some guys either, you know, elevate or they can they go through a sophomore slump. And, you know, we can't allow Devin to do that. You know, we know he has all the talent. Um, you know, he can be in in any personnel. He's a three-down back. And um, going forward, you know, we just ask him to have, have confidence in what he's doing. You know, um, he's been through the ringer. He's been uh, – he's seen everything there is in this game. So, uh, he's got to take a big step for us to get where we want to. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I'm so sorry because Cam has another thing he's got to do. So – Thanks, guys. We will be back with Dunbar in just a little bit. That was Steelers defensive lineman Cam Hayward, uh, as we mentioned uh, in the first hour, of the, talking a lot about his uh, contract and some other things there, uh, but lots of good stuff from Cam. Yeah, as always, I mean, he's a, a force on the field, off the field, in the locker room, talking to you guys. He just comes ac across as somebody you want to, you want on your side.
Yeah, and he's, of course, now the team player rep as well for the NFLPA, so lots of uh, involvement with that as well and, and involvement in all the rules that are now in place uh, for the, the COVID uh, situation, and he talked a lot about that as well. But uh, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Steelers training camp media availability is also presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we heard from uh, Cam Hayward in the previous segment uh, talking a lot about his contract, Matt. Another guy who is up at the end of this season is Juju Smith-Schuster. Just a coincidence, obviously. Yeah, but but, uh, he talked about that uh, today. Uh, in his Zoom call with reporters uh, before practice. Uh, lots of stuff here from Juju regarding his contract, where he sits uh, playing with Ben Roethlisberger, all that good stuff. What say about that? Yeah, let's, uh, let's hear what uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had to say. We will get started with Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Go ahead, Brooke. Hey, Juju. Um, sorry to get started with kind of a big question, big picture question, but – just curious, what did you learn about yourself last year in a season where you had no Big Ben, you were the number one receiver, and you dealt with an injury? Um, I mean, something that's definitely different for me. Um, I definitely, uh, those things are all unexpected. But at the end of the day, you know, we work with who we have, and we go out there and we play at the end of the day. Uh, one thing with me, I never had a serious injuries where I've been out for multiple weeks uh, for that long. So that was something I knew that I had to learn, you know, as a young guy and, you know, also being a number one receiver for a team, it was just more so that, you know, making sure that if I wasn't playing, making sure everybody else was a part uh, doing their thing and make sure that, you know, we get in and out games. All righty, let's move on to Ed Bouchette of The Athletic. Ed, go ahead. Hey, Juju. Hey, do you expect to sign a new contract this year before the season starts? Um, as of that right now, you know, I'm not worried about that. It's more so just playing ball. Uh, you know, with everything going on right now, you just never know what can happen. So, uh, you know, if it's for me, you know, I would love to be a stiller. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm here to play ball, win game for the team and the organization. Thanks, Ed. All right. Let's go to Richie Walsh. Rich, if you're on. Yeah. Hey, Juju. What did um What did you do this off season that was that was different than what you normally did, and why did you decide to change up your routine a little bit? Uh, you, you know, usually I work out with uh, a few guys, you know, a couple other players. Um, this year I changed the routine of working out one on one with Corey Talley, a guy who's a high performance coach. Um, you know, teacher, pretty much, you know, I wanted that one-on-one session where, you know, I can tone down my body, get more lean, get more rip, and pretty much, you know, just become stronger. And I think what helped me a lot was the individual work and just having like that one-on-one session instead of, you know, being with the big group. So it's definitely helped, helped me out so much in the long run. So, yeah. Let's go to uh, Mike Prezuda. Mike, go ahead. 
Juju, in addition to the strength work, um, what did you identify as things in your control that, that you can improve in your game? A lot of the stuff that happened last year was out of your control, but uh, anything you focused on uh, besides the strength and uh, getting ripped, as you put it? Uh, for me, it's more so just knowing the offense, you know, on a better standard. Uh, I will say last year, you know, I knew outside, inside. Uh, this year, I learned to play the backside of our receiver. And, you know, being able to play anywhere on the field, in the backfield, you know, as a running back. So uh, with all the factors that's going on, you know, it, we're, we're, it's something that I want to master, you know, before, you know, before the season where, you know, I know the whole offensive playbook. All right, let's go to Will Graves of the Associated Press. Will, go ahead. Hey, Juju. I mean, you know, life comes at you pretty fast. I mean, not that long ago, we're talking about you being the youngest guy in the league, and now you're the most experienced guy in that room, at least in terms of this offense. I mean, how do you – do you consider yourself a leader in that room, and what's it like working with guys that, you know, and one day might be here and, and you might not be? I mean, you might be molding them in some ways to replace you, whether – depending on how the business goes. Almost definitely. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I want success, you know, for everybody. You know, we, we draft the young guy. Uh, Chase Staple, you know, I'm super excited to work with him. You know, his athleticism is, is amazing. Uh, I think for myself, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, the, if I make him better, it makes me better. Um, I compete. Uh, like you said, you know, I'm, you know, age, probably one of the still, you know, one of the youngest guys, but experience, you know, with the team, um, you know, that's where I come in the most. You know, at the end of the day, you know, like I said, I want everybody to be successful and, if I make them better, it makes me work harder to keep my job. And at the end of the day, like I said, we just want to win games and do our thing. All right, let's go to Chris Adamski. Chris, go ahead. Hey, Juju, just two things real quick. I mean, you talked about, you asked about the contract. Have you guys had any negotiations, your agent at all talked? Is there any movement in turn? You're down to about three or four weeks here before the, before the deadline for an extension before the season. And then how do you see kind of their division of labor with, with you know, the, the four or five of you guys this season at wide receiver? Can everybody play every position or are people going to slot into different roles? Uh, so with the contract-wise, um, that's between, you know, my agent and the Steelers. Uh, at the end of the day, like I said, I'm just here to play ball. Uh, I'm not going to be the type of guy who sits out and wait. Um, I'm going to play, you know, regardless if there's a contract or not. Uh, and then also with the guys, your receivers, I mean, we can go into no huddle and we can have so many different players playing so many different positions. And that's like the, the best part of it. And, you know, when having Ben and having him to call no huddle and call what he likes, um, you know, I think that's where we have a lot of success. All righty, let's go to Aditi Kinkle-Bauer. Aditi, if you're on, go ahead. Hi, Juju. We've talked a little bit about what all these other younger receivers can do and how you might all you know, sort yourselves out. But what's the one thing that you offer, both in the meeting room and on the field, that nobody else does? What's the one thing you have? Man, just having fun. You know, I'm definitely the guy who's uh, trying to make everybody laugh, enjoy their job, um, making the best out of it. You know, I think there's days where we're, where we're tired, where we're down, we just like, feel like we just don't want to do it. But I'm, I'm the guy who comes into like, man, let's go, man, let's have fun today, make the best out of it. Uh, like I said, we're always lit. Let's go to Jenna Harner. Jenna, if you're on. 
Juju, you talk about having fun. Is there a little bit of an added excitement ahead of today, knowing you guys are putting pads on for the first time? Oh, for sure, for sure. I think the past couple of days we've been talking about uh, going, you know, doing one on ones, and the DB's been talking, the defensive line been talking, the O line's been talking, the running back is talking. So I think today will be our first day with pads, and everyone's going to be hitting and going full speed. Just a reminder, everybody, if you would raise your hand, we'll get you a question. Um, let's go to Alan Saunders. Alan, if you're on. Hey, Juju, what did you take away from, from last season uh, from the perspective of not having Ben Roethlisberger? And how did that maybe uh, teach you things about your game or, or what you could do better? Uh, and how do you think that's going to impact things for you now that you're getting him back? I mean, you know, the thing, like, you know, Coach Thomas says, you know, next man up, you know, we play who we have. Uh, I think with Mason, you know, we, we go into the season, you know, having a, uh, a better game plan, having a better uh, playbook plan, you know, going to each game moving forward. Uh, the thing with Ben, he's so spontaneous. You know, he's been doing for so long with the experience that he has. He's able to go into the game and just do no huddle and just, you know, call plays, you know, on the back of his hand. So, um, you know, having the back is just a plus. But at the end of the day, you know, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take the defense. It's going to take the special team. So we just got to do our job, you know, collectively. All right, let's go to Christopher Carter. Chris? Hey, Juju, speaking of Ben, uh, you you have the most experience working with him uh, of, of the receiving core, and you saw you worked with him before camp. You've worked with him, you know, now that you guys have been at Heinz Field. What's been some of the challenges you guys have been trying to get your rhythm back? It's it's more so not it's not a really a challenge. Um, like I said, I think one thing that we did, you know, before camp, you know, we always threw with him, and that, which I was a good part. You know, having the young, the young guys, and that's like the biggest part for us is like the young guys trying to get used to him. Obviously, me, James, Deontay, Spitz, we played with them uh, before, but like Chase Capel, some of the other guys that are coming in that he has to work with, uh, some of the new running backs that he has to work with, uh, seeing what they can do and and how he can throw the ball to help him out. So. I think about like that, he can put the ball anywhere, but he has to understand our body movements and how we can move. All right. We'll have time for a couple more. Brian Backo, go ahead, Brian. Hey, Juju, you talked about what you did differently this offseason in, in terms of your training. Um, but in pro sports, you know, it's always talked about guys going into contract years, stuff like that. Did you were you more committed or, or more dedicated? To what you're doing this offseason than in previous years now going into year four? I mean, not not so much. I think every year uh, you always find something new. You always want to push yourself going into, you know, year four, year three, year two. Um, you know, coming into my rookie year, after that year, I was like, okay, well, this is my first offseason being a rookie. Uh, let's see what I can do. You know, I learned from a couple of the other guys. And, you know, I noticed that some of the other, you know, older guys are doing one-on-one -on -one more stuff. Some were staying here at the facility. And that's part of what I did, you know. I kind of pretty much, you know, trained with my trainer for a couple of months, two to three months, and then I came to the Steelers about a month early just to get some work and show face. And um, I, I don't think I did it for a contract. It's more so that, like, every year I'm learning something new and how I can become better as a player for the team. All righty. We'll wrap it up with Bo Marciani. Bo, uh, go ahead. Piggybacking on what Richie and Mike mentioned in terms of training, um, talk about being leaner. Are, is this the lightest you've been? And is there anything in your repertoire that's going to be new when we see you on the field this season? 
Uh, I, I would say, I would say, yes, it's probably the lightest I've been. Um, I've also been, you know, I would say I've also been a little quicker. Uh, but, you know, the tools that I have, you know, in my box that are going to be this year is, man, just doing my job, like going to play with, going to defense, being able to be smart and play in situations like that. Um, but like I said, it's going to take all of us uh, to win games and come out of stadiums with W's. And uh, it's, it's something that, you know, I've been looking and looking forward to. So, you know, hopefully we do follow through with the season. All right. Thank you, everybody. And uh, we'll be in touch later today with our other calls. Thanks, Juju. That was Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster earlier today with the media. Uh, lots of good stuff there, Matt. Uh, but that brings our show to an end today. Yeah, we're back at it. Uh, camp is in full swing. You know, uh, you'll be back. You'll be here the next three days, right? I and will then be here, back yeah. at, at the stadium on Friday. Back so. at the stadium on oh, yeah. Friday. So you can hear us here, wall-to-wall coverage of the Steelers here on Steelers Nation Radio. But that's going to do it for the training camp report for today. For my partner, Matt Williamson. For Mike Pursuta, who joins us in the first hour. And for Wesley Euler here, who is spinning the tunes, I'm Dale Lolly. We thank you for listening to this edition of the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio.